Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Through the miracle of internet radio, the Never Say Impossible show offers a unique opportunity for the sharing of information and a unique opportunity to tell the world your story about your accomplishments, your passions, your products, and how you can be contacted. The show is designed to introduce you to new people who will inspire, motivate, and inform you of innovative ways to breathe new life into your goals and dreams. At NSI, anything is possible until you say it's not. Never Say Impossible Radio. I'm Myra, your host. At NSI, we believe the sharing of information, ideas, and prosperity is what enriches society as a whole. We can change the world by supporting, respecting, and caring for one another. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash Never Say Impossible Radio. Please like the page when you visit. We are also on www.talkshoe.com, www.stitcher.com, Bluetooth accessible, and on iTunes podcasts. And of course, on my homepage in the show archives at http semicolon forward slash forward slash myragoldick.com. Our topic today is difficult relationships. We are all involved in some fashion in relationships. Sometimes they are at work or at school or with our extended families and friends. None of these relationships are easy. However, the most difficult ones are the intimate relationships we have with our partners. Everybody wants the perfect, made-in-heaven union. But does that really exist when you add in the pressures of living in today's high-stress world? So many of us find our relationships suffering, and we end up splitting up. Oh, that's not always the best solution. It's a quick fix. And it is devastating. Make no mistakes about it. Divorce is devastating. If you don't heal, you may just find yourself back in the same pickle with someone else later on down the road. Today, Never Say Impossible Radio has Lorna McCarty joining us to explain that there is hope and what you can do to rekindle what you once had 
in a relationship that you feel is slipping through your fingers like sand. Lorna McCarty is a speaker, an author, and founder of Phoenix Rising Relationships. She is also a coach. She is based in Reno, Nevada. She earned a professional coach certification certification from the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, IPEC, in 2010. She is an ELI-MP Energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner. Lorna is a former TV reporter, news anchor, and has a master's in education, spending 15 years in the classroom as an educator and facilitator. She has spent a lifetime studying psychology of human behavior. It is her goal to connect with her clients, no matter where they are in their relationship journey, giving them the necessary support tools to get them back on track and live life and love in gratitude. Well, that's quite a statement. Welcome, Lorna. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely so pleased to be here today. It's our pleasure because your topic is a never-ending problem for people. It seems it's one of the more difficult aspects of life, human relationships. Tell us a little bit about your own story and how you became a relationship coach. Well, as you mentioned, um, I became a certified uh, life coach actually in January of 2010. And the entire premise of how I coach is based on energy leadership, uh, which perhaps we can talk about a little bit later. Um, It's a process that was created by uh, our founder of IPEC, Bruce Schneider, uh, at the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. But my story, I've been married for 26 years, and it hasn't always been pretty. And as my marriage progressed, I noticed that despite how much I loved my husband, we continued to struggle with each other, particularly with personality challenges. So you may be wondering what I did about it. Well, sometimes I got angry and I threatened to leave him, but I never went through with it. I learned that no committed relationship is perfect. And if you're willing to work at it and accept it, you'll always know that all relationships have room for improvement. So I chose to work on what is right in my marriage every day instead of what is wrong with it. Now, there are times you know, in anybody's committed relationship where it would be much easier to walk out the door and never return, as easy as that. And I remember when I began married life, it was rough that first year. After dating three years and officially living together as a married couple, my husband and I found out how different we really were. We had personality challenges, as I had earlier mentioned, and he didn't always compliment me. And when I wanted him to notice how pretty I looked, he wasn't always tuned into my needs. And I found myself in that first year of marriage wondering why I chose him as a partner. But despite our differences, we're still married. And so I often ask myself, and people will ask me, especially my clients, they'll say, so what is, what is your secret? Well, we both learned that if you love each other, 
always ask yourself on those days, you think you have nothing left in your relationship. Can I really live without this person you swore you would be with until death do you part? Value is what is at stake. Always remember love is something you build together. You build it in your home and with your family. And through my life experience in my 26-year marriage and the coaching I, I did for my students, because I was a former teacher, as you mentioned, families and couples during my 15 years as, as a licensed educator, I realized how necessary it was to take the next steps to become a certified relationship coach. I felt I could be of more value to people uh, who wanted to hold their marriages together. So this is my passion, to help couples manifest the love in their lives that they're missing. I believe that when you lo- your love is strengthened, your relationship can overcome all odds. It's, as easy, it's easier to say, I quit, but the real test is sticking with it. So that's the challenge. I totally agree with what you said. Now, you're 26 double it, and that's how long I've been with my husband. And, and you are amazing. <laughs> I must Well, say. no, I, I think it was all of the above, everything that you said. And it it was the first year was particularly difficult. And then when I, I was very young, exceptionally young when I married my husband and when I met him. And I went from my home, my, my childhood home, into a marriage. And, of course, I had that. He was eight years older than I was, so he was the older man. And when I started to grow up, I started to grow apart, and my needs changed, and he still wanted me to remain the person that I was that he, when we married. So we had our challenges, the biggest when teenagers became uh, a struggle in the house. But it really is true what you said. It is much, much more beneficial to work out your differences because there was something very, very special about that person when you decided to marry them. And those reasons are still there. And we tend to say they're not and that we need to move on. But that's a bunch of nonsense because you're just going to end up back where you started from with somebody else with the same issues because you're probably going to attract the same type of person back into your life the second time. So I agree with you. Fixing what's wrong is the way to go, if at all possible. Tell me in your professional opinion, as you observe couples through the years, what's the biggest mistake? couples make when they start drifting apart for all the reasons that we you just described um i would say um biggest biggest thing that i can think of uh, when they start drifting apart they allow the gap they they give up they don't try anymore. Um, they feel that the, the other person no longer values them, so they become so filled with uh, self-doubt that they concentrate more on what's negative about the relationship than what's right about it. So that's true. The communication, yeah, the communication fails because they give up. 
And giving up is not a solution, in my opinion. To anything. To anything. To anything. This I quit, I can't, um, it's, it's all negative energy um, that puts, well, that puts the relationship in further, further jeopardy, further misery, all the things that you don't want. So you have to search for what's right in the relationship. Well, the giving up thing, which has been made very easy through our divorce system and how quickly people can get divorced and move on, I think it's one of the biggest mistakes people can make without going for help first. And if everything fails, then possibly you are not suited because one partner has a, a terrible issue such as gambling or drug addiction or, or mental or physical abuse and refuses to get help. There are outside circumstances, I think, that really play a part in whether a couple stays together or not. But removing those type of traumatic issues and just taking the everyday issues that people face. He doesn't listen to me. Oh, she whines and complains all the time. You know, that type of thing. She wants me to come home from work and mow the lawn and blah, blah, blah. And the typical type of fights that break out in homes, they can be worked out with professional help such as you give through your coaching. Now, is your coaching group or one-on-one couples? Uh, well, at this at this time, and I am focusing more on uh, one-on-one. Um, when I work when I work with couples, um, depending on you know how they come to me, sometimes you know it's typically women come to you first, uh, and 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 you will start by coaching coaching the one the woman in you know and finding out you know what's going on on their end uh in uh the distress of the relationship um then usually following that um the husband you know as long as there as long as there is an agreement that the two want you know to make a change in their relationship for the better then the husband usually comes in secondarily and and what i often do is it my my basis is to coach one individual first then coach the other individual and then bring the two together and is then it have difficult? You know, is it difficult to stay impartial um you know at times at times it can be very very difficult and but as a coach you're trained you're trained to look to look at you know the big picture of what's going on keep your opinion out um you know coaching has everything to do with you know putting out particular you know guidelines and what have you and helping the individual discover you know what what it is that's holding them back what it is that's causing the relationship you know to uh, crumble you know what it is that we can do to bring that relationship back to its luster and bring that love alive again. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful what you just said because it's giving hope to people who feel there is no more hope, as you said, giving up. And uh, that, to me, 
it's something that you will live with for the rest of your life. When you give up on anything, it's a feeling of defeat. It's a feeling of failure. It's a feeling of disappointment that does not go away. You can't justify it away. You can't pretend that it's going to fade in time. It doesn't. You live with it. And if you have feelings that you could have done more, that you should have done more, that possibly you contributed to the breakup and heaven forbid their children involved, but you're going to live with that for the rest of your life. So I really, really want my listeners to think long and hard before they take that step of removing or ending a relationship in their life. You know, I want you to tell everybody your mission statement because I like the way it reads. Well, my mission statement is I help couples in long-term relationships rekindle the passion and closeness they once felt, creating renewed desire and a heartfelt connection that lasts a lifetime. Wonderful. Often people look outside of their relationship for what they perceive is missing within the home. Can couples get over infidelity? I believe that if a person really values their partner and they can look at them as, I'm a human being, you're a human being, and guess what? You made a mistake. And human beings are imperfect and they do make mistakes. And this may, this, an infidelity is one of the, you know, biggest mistakes that causes the most impact and destruction, you know, in any relationship because you feel immediately you take it personally that, you know, you know, this person doesn't value me anymore. You know, what have I done wrong? It's all about you and what you've done wrong. Um, when essence, you know, it's not what you've done wrong. It's what's something that's going on in your partner's mind that created, you know, their their reasoning to have to step away your, from your own relationship and find something that in their mind was easier to do. Can you, mm-hmm. can you actually, you know, forgive? You know, it depends on what, it depends on, you know, again, you know, what you value. You know, are there children involved? Do you value family? Can you forgive a mistake? What if you did the same thing? Put yourself, you know, in, in their shoes. What if you did the same mistake? Could that partner forgive you? You know, it's, it's, it's one of those, it depends. It depends on the situation, and it depends on, I think, the extent of the infidelity. I mean, it's bad enough that it was just maybe a one-night stand, um, but if it's a, a relationship that's been going on under your nose for a long, long time, can you? Um, I believe that, you know, oftentimes, you know, if you're a spiritual being, uh, such as myself, you know, you dig deep, you get dig deep down in your soul and, you know, you ask God or the higher power, you know, give me strength, you know, to find, you know, what it is that I need to do in order to forgive this person. Because if you really, truly still love them, I believe that, you know, you should, you should give them another chance. 
But again, it's, it's the situation, you know, and it's not the same for everybody. And some people are so, you know, are so affected, so deeply, um, you know, affected uh, in their mindset that that was wrong. You know, you've, you've ruined everything that a lot of people can't get over it. And all the coaching in the world doesn't change that. So again, you know, there are certain situations where, you know, sometimes people are set in their mind and they can't forgive. But my feeling is you can forgive based on all that you really have to lose based on one mistake. Very well put. I have a question that is very important to me and to some of my listeners. I think you know I'm a disability advocate. I fight for the rights of people who don't really have a voice and are in many ways forgotten by society or put on the shelf or living on disability payment, which is practically poverty line and so forth because they can't get a job and so forth. What happens to a marriage when suddenly there is a child with special needs? It was very devastating for my parents. Now, they, they happen to have been divorced, but so in communication during my episode with polio when I was 10 years old, but after that, it was really bad. Uh, or even an illness, a sudden illness of a spouse. People become ill at different points during their life, and it could be an accident that, or they, they've served in the military and they come back different people. Can these relationships with and these type of traumatic pressures that no one ever planned on in the beginning. No one said life was perfect. You know, we, we go into a committed relationship, a marriage. Um, I'm going to raise my hand. I did this when I first got married. The white picket fence, you know, the perfect little house. I'm going to have perfect children. Everything, you know, life is going to be perfect. We will always be in love. There will never be any problems. You know, we go into it with such good intention and we're so positive that, you know, this is the right person. We're always going to get along. And you just don't know what to expect in life. And then life throws these curveballs. Um, I have a perfect example. Um, and this would be my brother. My brother uh, fell in love at a very young age, right out of high school. He had a beautiful baby girl with his wife. And at the age of three, this little girl was sitting in the back seat of uh, the car that her mom was driving. And she had an open glass of punch. And, um, and I have no idea why my sister-in-law chose to do that, you know, have an open glass to a little kid that's three years old. Naturally, it's going to spill, and that's exactly what happened. It fell down, the cup went on the ground, little girls, my, my little niece started to cry, and while my, my uh, sister-in-law was driving, she turned, and she went to get, pick up the cup behind oh. the front seat of her car. And when she did that, the car went across the road, 
hit um, a telephone pole and my little niece was paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of her days. Oh. But, this, but, you know, despite their marriage could not take it and they did get a divorce, the silver lining is that my niece is now, um, has now been in the Paralympics and has played women's wheelchair basketball for her country. So there are, you know, can, can a marriage? No, not every marriage. That's a perfect example. Well, that marriage couldn't take it because my brother couldn't stop putting the blame, you know, on, and it was, it was an accident. You know, it, it, yes, it was her fault that she didn't think properly, but it destroyed their relationship. And yes, there's going to be some, you know, some relationships like that, that they can't live through it. But the thing is, people have to find the silver lining, you know, with a child who has a disability. And yes, it's difficult. Um, in recent days, my mother, um, I, you know, I've been having to tend to her care. She has Alzheimer's. And every day I see my mom, you know, dwindle in her, in her health. I mean, health as in her mental health, her, her memory loss. And this was a vibrant woman. And yes, it's taken a toll on me. But the one thing I can say about my husband, my husband, you know, may not always be emotionally supportive of what I'm dealing with my mom, but he's always Johnny on the spot when she needs to, you know, be, you know, help me take her to a doctor, you know, bring her out for a visit. You know, I mean, he's, he's always there. And to me, and that, that, that's love. That's love. It is. It's his mm-hmm. way of showing love. And it may not always be the way you wanted it for him to say, mm-hmm. Lorna, you are drop-dead gorgeous. There's no other woman in this room mm-hmm. that even can light a candle to you. He may, not th- he may just think, well, she knows it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to tell her. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big be- complaint. That's a big complaint of women in in any kind of committed relationship. He doesn't notice me. He doesn't love me. And instead of the me, 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 everything, the needs that that woman is screaming that she has to have, she needs to open her eyes and see, you know, what, you know, what are the good things? What's going on that's right? I know it comes full circle again. What's right? And how do we, you know, acknowledge each other? I have the same exact experience you did with my mother and uh, it was the first time I realized what it really meant to be a caregiver you know when I was the subject and being taken care of as a child it was all about me I was the one who couldn't move I was the one that was paralyzed I didn't realize the sacrifices that my mother made to give me what I needed so that I could recover enough to have a very normal successful life and I didn't realize it until I was taking care of my aging mother and there are more and more people there are that are faced with that and my husband was always there if if I would bring her home and I would reach my front door she lived three miles away and she would call because she had dementia she would call and say I can't do what would he do he'd run right back over there 
to help her find the glasses. If she needed to go to the hospital and I was not available, he took her. So it, there is so you really do need to look at all the positive things in your relationship that you would be giving up if you just walk away. So I agree with everything you've said. I think you are fantastic. We're going to take a short break. I want to hear all about your book and uh, your uh, seven levels of energy and just so much more that you have to share with us that is so valuable and can help people really find the gift within their relationship, the silver lining, the beauty, and not to focus on the negative. Because if you want to focus on the negative, it's all around us everywhere, every day. i rather see the sunshine than Me too. the dark clouds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll be right back, so don't go away. Sign up today for my weekly radio show announcements and guest information. And receive a free chapter of my newest book, Dancing on Your Disabilities, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams, My Story of Perseverance, Passion, Hope, and Happiness. Dreams do come true despite adversity. If I can do it, you can do it too. Is your business not growing because you're underfunded? Could you use some money for your business? If the answer is yes, I'm a representative for a company that has 4,000 lenders in its database. The process is so simple. You fill out a 15-question survey. There are no fees for this process, and there are no credit reports pulled. When your request is submitted, it goes to lenders for the exact type of loan you're looking for. They will contact you directly, and if you like what they have to say, you can proceed with their loan application. It's just that simple. Contact Myra at MyraGoldick.com, and I'll get you started. Remember to put money in the subject line. Once again, Myra at MyraGoldick.com. Hello again. This is Never Say Impossible Radio, and we're speaking to relationship coach Lorna McCarty, and she is so full of wise advice and wisdom. I hope everybody takes a second look at not only themselves in the mirror, but their relationship and the value within that relationship and begins to rekindle anything that they perceive is lost. And I'd like to tell you right now, I'm going to ask you for your contact information. It will be in the blog, and uh, everybody can check out the blog. It has all of Warner's contact information plus a recording of this interview so that you can listen to it at your convenience if you don't have time to listen to it in its entirety right now. But I also want to ask Lorna if her niece would be willing to come on my second show at some point called Dancing on Our Disabilities because I believe that there is a gift in every adversity. And we all have to dance through life. 
through the music that we create in our own hearts. So at some point after the show, let me know if you think she might be interested. Can you give our listeners your contact information? Sure, I can do that. Um, uh, Just so you all know, um, I offer several free gifts on my website, and the website address is www.phoenixrisingrelationships.com. And I also offer a complimentary introductory rekindle the passion session um, at that particular address so that is my contact information okay you just said rekindle the passion Mm -hmm. here is something that i think we have discussed since the beginning of time relationships the the initial relationship that we feel when we meet somebody when our hormones are running crazy, our passion is running crazy, and we're projecting onto this person our dream partner, our dream lover, our dream everything. Is that possible to maintain? I think that there are, realistically, there are people in the world that truly are soulmates. You know, sometimes you, you know, you, you come across people and say, they never fight. And, they, <laughs> and perhaps on the outside, you know, everything is rosy <laughs> and what have you. But, you know, again, you know, we're all human and we all are imperfect beings. Um, I think that those people that choose to be soulmates, again, they choose to see, you know, what is the best and what is the most positive uh, in each other. Um, so that's what I would say about that. Tell us about your book. Well, my book just came out, and it is on Amazon. Um, it's called Dare to Be Authentic, Volume 2, Learning to Love Yourself. And uh, this book is the second in a series that invites you to experience what living an authentic life can bring. Um, This is a collaborative labor of love featuring myself and 13 other authors. Uh, They all tell their true stories of how they struggled with self-love and were able to begin the process of loving themselves. I understand that completely because I spent so many years not loving myself and finding everything wrong with myself and feeling very, very imperfect before I, I began to respect the positive aspects of myself so i think many people do that if you have you ever noticed that if you tell another woman that they look terrific oh and i love your dress usually they don't say thank you usually they say oh this whole thing <laughs> oh <laughs> or i was just thinking this morning it, it makes me look fat do you think it looks makes me look fat <laughs> <laughs> And maybe it does. And now you put the person on the defensive. The person who thinks you look terrific, whether you look a little fat or not, it it doesn't matter. They just think you look terrific. Now you're asking them to find something negative about the way you look. Oh, boy. It's unbelievable the things that women do. And I think men have their own way 
of uh, doing it to themselves. Usually it's not about physical appearance. I, I have noticed that men seem to gravitate toward being in competition with men regarding sports. Absolutely. I was going to say that about, about sports and, uh, and per- particularly if, if, you know, sports is something that they really like. Um, let's go to the club and let's do some hoops. You know, it's, it's, a, it's more of a, a manly, masculine type competition. You know, who's stronger, who's weaker, that kind of thing. I also think that many men feel threatened by men that are more successful than they are. Have you noticed that? Yes, yes. In fact, uh, what I have noticed through life is through life and through coaching, you know, men men have a tendency to well, they live their lives based on you know how their father affects them and how their father was you know was or was not the kind of role model you know that that they're told that they need to be. Uh, perhaps, you know, as they were growing up, you know, the, the father may have told the, told their son that, you know, you're, you're not a man, you know, unless, you know, you know, the, the whole thing about crying, never cry, never cry because you won't be a, a, a full blown man or, you know, don't put yourself in debt. If you put in debt, you know, that's, you know, you put yourself into a losing proposition and, and it, it, and it makes a person feel less worthy when those expectations are set early in life and then they grow with them. And I think that that's, you know, one of the biggest problems that are in relationships is a lot of times that follows through with individuals the way they were taught. And then the values, they, they mix and they explode and, you know, we, we have issues then. I think men very often don't listen very well, particularly to the opposite sex. Well, I think that, you know, there are there are some men, not all men, but there are a lot of lot of men that you're right, you know, they listen for what they want to hear. And they don't take the time, you know, women are different than men. Women, you know, women choose to be more um, elaborate. Uh, you know, uh, my husband will say to me, Lorna, would you just get to the point? <laughs> and and, and it, because it seems like a man is always in a hurry. They don't want to get caught up in the emotionalism of a conversation. You know, they just want, okay, what's, give me the beginning, give me the end. Forget about the middle. You know, that kind and then of they want to fix it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, we're not man bashing. We have our... No, we aren't. No, we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I, as a woman, I think I tend to tell my husband a little too much because I think he he's not getting it, and I I may drive him crazy by droning on about it. And as you said, they don't see the necessity of 
the nitty gritty details. And then that happened. And then that happened. And then I felt that way. And then they know. So and women I have think- and women have a tendency basically to to add more and more, and then pretty soon, you know, the man that you're talking to is lost. You know, what were we talking about? You know, you're saying everything else. Does that relate to what you first said? Yeah, it's it. We're hard to follow. There's no question. Women are hard to follow. Well, it's strange though because I was online at uh, Marshalls the other day with my daughter, and there were two women in front of us, and I and. I knew one of them, and to this day, I don't remember where I knew her from. And since I speak and whatnot, it could have been anywhere. And I said to my daughter, at the end, when we got through the line, which was long, they were ahead of us, she turned around and she said, oh, by the way, hi. So she recognized me and I recognized her, but she was so busy during that entire time that we were on the line, about 15 minutes complaining, that I wondered if she did that at home. Because uh, they had a child in, in the basket. I don't know which one it was. I think it was hers. She was pretty young. And when we got outside, I said to my daughter, I knew that, those two, I knew one of those women. And she said, yeah, I noticed, and she said she did nothing but complain for 15 minutes. 15 minutes, and I think women tend to do that. I think women tend to whine, and sometimes I catch myself whining, particularly if I think my husband didn't listen. So, and I think that has got to be extremely irritating for men. Well, and in a long-term relationship, um, if that's the kind of thing that's going on. Um, women, you know, complaining about everything, a man, instead of coming to your, you know, rescue and saying, well, why are you feeling this way? You know, instead, it's like, I'm going to go watch the football game. <laughs> they, they, turn, they turn away because they, that's the only way, you know, they're either tired of hearing it which could be a little bit of both, tired of hearing about it, or, you know, they don't know what to, how to react. What do you want me to say? That's, that's my, my husband's famous line. What do you want me to say? And, and I, think, I think it's because it's like, well, gee, have we be- beat this dead horse enough? <laughs> Can we go on to another subject? You know, and then a woman that- resents that. A woman resents that. It's like, come yes, on, you know, I feel bad. Off. Make me feel better. Yeah, and she feels cut out and cut off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it, they tune out. Yeah, I, it, that, uh, what do you want me to say is something famous from my husband as well. Oh, <laughs> Lorna, I had no idea we'd have so much in common. Double your 26 <laughs> years, as I said at the beginning. <laughs> now, tell me about, uh, for somebody who's listening to this, who's contemplating approaching you, because they feel that their relationship is in trouble. Explain the seven levels of energy. Well, the seven levels of energy of each each level uh, centers in on a specific core energy, um, and they start at the bottom with two energy levels, level one and level two, that are called the catabolic energy levels. 
And for those of you that are not familiar with that word catabolic, it's, it's the negative energy levels. And what happens in, if, if you find yourself in a level one energy level, you know, you're not taking a stand. And you might say something like, nothing I can do about it. You know, it's like I feel like a doormat. You know, there, you are a victim. And in any point in the day, depending on the situation that you might be in or the issue that you might be having with, uh, you know, your husband, your boyfriend, you know, a parent, whatever, you can throw yourself very easily into that level one energy. Uh, the level two energy is a conflict level. And, and again, every time that there might be something that is conflicting in your life and you are unable to handle that conflict, you throw yourself into level two. And, and that is basically saying, I win, you lose. And that happens a lot when there's argument in a couple, you know, where the whole drive of the argument, it gets to that escalation where it's not important to solve a problem anymore. Instead, it's, you know, you're the loser. I'm going to win on this one. No matter what you have to say, I'm not listening because I'm going to win this one. I'm right. You're wrong. So that's, so that's the conflict. And um, we basically, when we're in that level, we, we pay attention to blame. It's your fault, you know. Um, and we, and we our, our values, they become in conflict. So that's, those are the two levels of energy that so many people, I mean, we all live in them. We all live in them at some point or another. And, and if that, you know, is, describes where you're at in your relationship right now, you know, I can help you. I can help you and teach you how to deal with that and how to get out of those levels of energy and move you up the scale of these energy levels so that you have, you know, a more purposeful and rewarding relationship, not only with yourself, you're happy with yourself, but you're happy with people that you love around you. Level three, yeah, level three actually begins the anabolic energy. And, and that's the positive, the positive energy that we need to live our lives more in. I mean, people don't understand, I feel. I mean, this is, this is my little soapbox thing. I feel that people would rather, you know, be angry and, and, and just, you know, not take the bull by the horns and say, I'm going to have a positive life no matter what. And it's, life is so short. And so we need to, you know, find what's good and great about ourselves and the people that we love. And in level three energy, people are still blaming others, but this is the rationalization phase. Um, we rationalize, even though we might blame someone, um, you know, for their behavior. We still, we forgive them though. You know, that wasn't very nice the way he treated me, but you know, he had a bad day. So I forgive him. That's a level three energy. Um, 
uh, if you're, um, let's see, I'm trying to think here. People, uh, people at this at this level of energy, people are generally. You, you feel that people are generally good. They just don't know better. So it's it's you spend time at that level where you're you're, you're kind of a positive kind of person, but you're making excuses and you rationalize for everyone. When you learn to live more in a level four, um, it frees. It frees you to focus on helping others. Um, the first time I, I, I offer a, a very unique program that uh, was created through IPEC, and the client answers 84 questions that focuses on the energy levels, and it's just an amazing eye-opener when they realize where they spend their core energy predominantly in the course of their day. But at level four, the first time I ever took this assessment, I found out that, you know, I'm a fixer. And that's what level four is. Um, you know, and people no longer take anything personally when they're at level four. And um, at home, people with a lot of level four energies, they always seek to meet their partner or their family's needs. Now, I'm not saying that's always a good thing because then, you know, a perfect example can be that, you know, you're picking up after everybody and they, and they start taking you for granted. And then pretty soon you throw yourself down into victim mode. You know, nobody values me. I'm such a good, <laughs> I'm such a good mom. I'm such a good wife. I'm always got a meal on the table. No one says thank you. You know, so you can, so this is why I'm saying, depending on the situation in the course of the day, you can pee at this level four and everything's good, and then wham, you drop. Now, getting to uh, level five, that's energy that enables us to reconcile right and wrong. Instead of seeing things to fix people, to try to create, we try to, instead of fixing them, we refer to it as an opportunity. You know, we don't look at them like, you know, that's not right. we got to fix that. We say like, well, you know, they do that a little bit differently. But let's create an opportunity here of how we can make things uh, a little better kind of thing. So level five is that. Um, so the levels three, four, and five are all the anabolic level energies. And those are where you, you know, really want to spend most of your days. And if you become, as I teach couples and, and individuals as well, as I teach them about this, these energy levels and they find out after taking this assessment where they land, then it's like, oh, if they're willing to make the changes, you know, I can work with them. And, and then they can see things in a different light. And that's where the improvement comes in the relationship. Now, when you get to level six, uh, the experience is actually the opportunity. There's no good or bad and nothing to improve. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Living at a level six, nothing to improve in life. Because we spend more time, you know, acting like everything needs to be improved, right? Ourselves, the people around us. Um, and, you ex and at level six, you experience relationships. I'm just... We just experience them. You experience the relationship for what it is, and there's nothing to improve. Level seven, the, the highest level of energy, which is 
typically lived in by people like Gandhi and and the Dalai Lama, you know, those those types, because at that level of energy, there is absolute you create non judgment. Absolute passion. It's the level of creation. We we um, create, observe, and experience all at the same time. It sounds like heaven, or what our idea of heaven sure might does. be. Yeah, um, and you know, and so you know, that's so. Those are the levels. Those are the levels of energy, and um, you can. And and I teach. I teach my clients how they can increase. You know that ability to shift their own energy and the energy of, of those around them. I mean, when you think about it, if you run in, you know, you run into someone, you know, that is just totally has that Pollyanna, you know, what do they call it? That Pollyanna attitude in life where they're like, hi, how are you? And you're in a really bad mood. It's really <laughs> it's hard. Annoying. It's, it's annoying. It's annoying, right? But if yeah. you learn about these levels of energy and they're at forefront in your mind, then you can start working with it and going like, wow, that person is a level, you know, they're living life at a level five or I'd sure like to be like that. You know, and it's very <laughs> contagious. It's it's very, very neat. And uh, well, life becomes a lot can... more... Happy. It takes time, though, doesn't it, Lorna? We Absolutely. We yeah, this sure. isn't something we that learn. happens overnight. I mean, if you've been, you know, you've been living your life, you know, in a very hateful state, um, you know, that's what coaching is all about, you know. And, and so many people do. So many people are so angry and so miserable. And I wonder, I keep wondering why they they spend so much energy being miserable and being angry and and it shows all around them it's almost as though it's like an energy field when you're near them and you go what could possibly be wrong with that person and i see it all the time so you know too many people practice misery instead of joy and i think well, it it's is. so much better to be happy and it is, and you know, and and no one said, you know, that. I mean, life with social media, and you know, we of the internet. I mean, we are, you know, we see so many, you know, sad, tragic things going on in the world, and it's so easy to get sucked up into that. And so it, so you know, understanding these levels of energy and learning to the, apply them in your own short life. Uh, is so beneficial. Um, I mean, would you rather be miserable or would you like to find a way that you can make a difference in your own relationship with yourself as well as the person you love? Well, Lorna, you have been wonderful. And I know that anybody who listens to this will be a little bit better for having listened to it. And I want to remind everybody that Lorna has a new book, Dare to Be Authentic, Volume 2. And all of her information will be in the blog. So if you're thinking about contacting her, it's all very easy. It's all there. And Lorna, thank you so much for visiting us and spending your time and sharing your wisdom and hopefully brightening other people's day 
and giving them some hope about their relationships. And you're welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I had so much fun. Really appreciate your time. Okay. And to you out there in cyberspace, until next time, never say impossible. You've been listening to Never Say Impossible, a show created to inspire, motivate, and inform the public with unique guests and content. NSI is a powerful way to connect with millions of people all over the world. Visit NSI at Myra's website, www.myragoldick.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.